We live in a time of tremendous opportunity for innovators, entrepreneurs, and those with skill and imagination. But it seems at every turn, there are forces that slow us down or get us off track. I believe you can trigger your independence and lead a flourishing life, be free to choose, and live according to your own values. Join us in a conversation about big ideas in life, liberty, and the pursuit of your happiness. Welcome to The John Riley Project. Hey, everybody, how you doing? And welcome to The John Riley Project. This is a podcast all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thanks for joining us on a Friday afternoon. And boy, we got, we're going to talk about. Rancho Penasquitos and a big housing project they're talking about putting in in our nearby community. You know, I broadcast my podcast from the city in the country, Poway, California. You know, we're a, a suburb of San Diego and we you know, we live up here kind of the North County inland area and Rancho Penasquitos is kind of um kind of our next door neighbor, right? It's a community of San Diego. They're part of the Poway Unified School District. And boy, it's headline news in the San Diego Union Tribune. And this was all about housing. And we've talked a lot about housing on this podcast. This thought, thought this would be a fun topic to explore. So thanks for joining us. Um, we welcome your thoughts and comments. Of course, we're broadcasting or live streaming, I should say, on Facebook and on YouTube. That means that we can take your questions and comments. I'll read them on the air and you can participate in the conversation with me. How's that sound? Um, So, you know, I was trying to figure out what we were going to talk about today. And I'm, I'm trying to like see if there are some maybe national issues that we could discuss. But sometimes there's just really compelling local news that I think is worthy of commentary. And there's just really not a lot of people in San Diego that are commenting on local news. And sure, I live in the city of Poway and I talk about my hometown, but this is something outside of Poway that I think is definitely worthy of commenting on. And the headline here is proposed Penasquitos project will test San Diego's housing plans. So what this is, is they're, they're talking about building additional housing in the San Diego, you know, Rancho Penasquitos area. And there's already a couple of developments that are underway. This is a third development that they want to put in at the site of the Double Tree Golf Course, you know, which was shut down um, some time ago. And and now, you know, they're talking about proposing a housing development there. We already got a comment here from George Geller on the live stream saying traffic is going to be God awful. OK, this is we always hear this objection when it comes to proposed housing developments is that everyone gets upset about traffic. Well, yeah, there's going to be more people, <laughs> but let, I'm going to get into the article and there's going to be some commentary on traffic. But yeah, definitely. I think, George, your comment is a one that's shared by a lot of people. So let's let's kind of break this down. I want to explore this with you. And first of all, this is a 536 unit development and it's called the Junipers Project. And it's a large housing project that they are actually putting in in an area that normally is the area that people or at least city leaders or urban planners say is really a best place to build housing. It's along a transportation corridor. You know, it's right next to the 15 freeway. It's very close to the 56 freeway. And, 
it's actually very close to a um, um, a busing route that goes down the middle of the 15 freeway. So it's close to a, a transportation corridor. It's also what's considered to be infill housing. Now, infill is you know normally when we think of housing developments, it's when there's a, there's massive sprawl, right, where they keep going to the edge of the suburbs and encroaching in rural areas. You know, it's kind of like when they were proposing development. I think there was a project that was being discussed that was up out towards Fallbrook that went to a vote. I think that failed, if I recall. Well, that's not infill housing. Infill housing is when there are areas within our urban or suburban areas that are not developed at all or perhaps could be transformed from um, like, like they're doing on Poway Road, essentially converting a lot of older commercial property and then transforming that into housing. So this is an infill housing project as well. And um, there's there's al- already a well-organized group, maybe George is part of this group, George Geller, commenting about traffic, right? There's already a very well-organized organizing group that they are really upset about the proposed traffic, the clogging the roads. And of course, they bring up the possibility that there's going to be another fire and the fire is going to require mass exodus and it's going to create bottlenecks and there's going to be um, tragedy and it's going to be this calamity um, if if they put this development in. Um, and so it's, it, it's the funny how this is playing out because it's the same talking points. It doesn't matter where these housing developments are proposed, whether they're in Poway or in Penasquitos or in other parts of San Diego County. It seems to be the same talking points. Um, so this group is called the Penasquitos Northeast Action Group, and they want road improvements. They want a second exit along the freeway to speed evacuations um, for what will become one of the city's densest suburban neighborhoods um, once the the Junipers is built. So again, the Junipers is, they're talking about, really, it's a, it's a abandoned golf course. You know, when the whole golfing industry took a nosedive um, after the Great Recession and actually leading into and after the Great Recession, some of those golf courses are being converted to housing, kind of like the one we have in Poway that's being converted into the farm in Poway. It was the former Stone Ridge Country Club. Then other housing developments like the one in Carmel Mountain Ranch, that one closed. They haven't quite figured out how to do infill housing there yet, but you know it's coming. Well, the Double Tree was this hotel, um, kind of a, could you call it a resort? Maybe. Um, and it's located, r- roughly speaking, in the northwest corner of the intersection of the 15 Freeway and Carmel Mountain Road. And they had the hotel, they had the golf course, and it was a beautiful golf course. I never golfed there. I knew a lot of people that did. But then when the whole industry took a nosedive, they had to close the golf course because there wasn't enough people paying to use it. And then on top of it, the cost to water, it was just so exorbitant. And so they shut it down. So it's been this dormant piece of really prime real estate in a very attractive community here, this Poway, Rancho Bernardo, Rancho Penasquitos area. It's part of the uh, the Poway Unified School District, which is generally a very attractive place for people to move to, particularly if you want to raise a family, because the school system is pretty good. I mean, it's one of the better school systems in the county, especially from an academic perspective. Um, so, 
this development really it's almost like um you know it's it's almost like a hidden jewel, right? They're they're finally developing it. I'm sure realtors are ecstatic. Realtors, of course, are desperate for more inventory to sell. And I know there's a lot of families that'll want to move here, but there's objection. Now, again, part of it is because there are two other projects that are going in. One is called Pacific Village, um, and that's a 601-unit uh, facility. And the other one's the Millennium PQ, which is a 331-unit um, facility. So when you add up all of these together, you know, you're talking about, I don't know, roughly 1,500 housing units that are potentially going to go in in the Rancho Penasquitos area. So um, the Pacific Village is really, really close to the intersection of the 56 and the 15, uh, you know, of course, on the northeastern or northwestern uh, side of that. And then the Millennium PQ space is um, actually, roughly speaking, it's very close to where the Doubletree um, Hotel itself was. I don't know, or if, I'm not even sure if it's still built there anymore. I haven't been in that area in a while. And then this Junipers is going to be north of that, kind of where the golf course is. And the, the Junipers area is going to actually get close to um, the 15 and Camino del Norte. So all three of these developments are right along the edge of the freeway. And one is, um, the, you know, the, the Pacific Village is 601 units, Millennium PQ 331. But the one that everyone's talking about now is Junipers, because those other two, the development's already underway. Apparently, they're getting close to wrapping those up. But the Junipers is another one, 536 units they're thinking about putting in. And this is the concern of a lot of these people in Penasquitos. It's just the sheer volume of all this going in, all three at the same time. And they're just really concerned, really worried about the impact on traffic and on infrastructure. And again, it's the same story that we've heard here in my hometown of Poway, where we've got a number of housing developments that are being built on Poway Road. Um, lots of people concerned about traffic. And I'll tell you what, the traffic on Poway Road is awful right now uh, because of the construction that's going on. Um, but people are concerned that once the construction is complete, there's still going to be massive traffic and it's going to be hell. And the people in Penasquitos are fearful of the same thing. And I get it. I mean, I understand it. And, um, you know, that's a common reaction of people in the community. People don't like change, right? And when change is proposed, gets people upset, they get concerned, and there's always resistance to housing. Now, what's interesting is, is the Junipers uh, Development Group, they said they've spent nearly five years of outreach and engagement with their neighbors. They've gotten feedback and concern. Um, they've, they've included additional evacuation and emergency access that can reduce evacu evacuation time by 50%. So they're trying to appease a lot of the, the locals. Now, you know, is their plan satisfactory? Apparently not. But they're also putting in, again, this, the, 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 the discussion is so similar to what's going on in Poway. They said the, they're also putting in public parks and trails, and, and the Junipers also provided much-needed housing for the underserved 55-plus market and designates 15% of the units to go to low-income seniors. So, so, again, doesn't that sound familiar? You know, here in Poway, 
where the farm in Poway is going in. They're putting in trails. They're putting in open space, the kind of like parks to a degree that can be used by the general public. Um, and then, of course, on Poway Road, there's housing that's going in there, some of which is going to be for low-income seniors. There'll be affordable housing, but just a very small number of units. But it's interesting how the developers are always trying to kind of check the box. Like they know what the things are that the community is typically going to object to, and they'll put these things in to try to appease the community. But still, it rarely, it rarely is enough to, uh, you know, there's always going to be very outspoken objection. I mean, even here in Poway, with the farm in Poway, you remember back in 20, what was it, 17, I think, there was a proposal to convert that area into housing, but it was turned down. And, and it eventually passed in 2020, the second go of it, it passed. Um, but again, resistance. So um, now apparently what's happened now is these residents in Rancho Penasquito, um, they've hired an attorney that's planning to raise questions about environmental issues, right, which is one that they can always go to. And so this seems to be setting up to be an, a lawsuit that's going to come as a result of this. And they're contending that this plan violates the city's general plan, housing goals and mobility policies. And again, sounds familiar to a lot of the objections in my hometown of Poway, where housing is going in as well. So it, it's it's just an incredible, inter, incredibly interesting story. Um, and you know, one of the final quotes is, is, we understand the need for infill development but just don't put us in danger, right? So even some of the people in Penasquitos kind of get it. They understand that infill development is is really a good thing. It's better than having sprawl. In fact, a lot of, I know, talking with some local Democratic activists here in Poway, um, you know, they're generally, Democrats are generally very supportive of infill housing. Um, the president of the Poway Democratic Club, Amit Asaravala, has talked about that. Um, so people kind of get it that infill housing makes sense, but it's always a NIMBY thing, right? Not in my backyard. You know, build your infill housing somewhere else, but not near me. It's the same common objection that we see over and over and over again. And, you know, do the objections of the people have validity? Well, they do. Of course they do. When there's more people, there's going to be more stress on the roads. There's going to be, you know, more people in the shopping centers. There's going to be more people, maybe more kids in school. Does the school have enough space? Um, There's just going to be some stress, right, on the local community, the local infrastructure, on a lot of the institutions locally, of course, that's going to exist. Um, But the thing that I'm always speaking out about is that we've got a housing crisis here in California, a severe housing crisis. I mean, if you looked around at the cost of housing, I mean, housing prices are through the friggin' roof um, when if you want to sell. I mean, you can you can get a mint for your house. I think I saw that the median home price in San Diego County is now over eight hundred thousand dollars. I mean, that's just insane. I mean, that's the median price. That means half the homes are sold for more than that amount and the the other half are sold below that amount. That's just remarkable. Um, You know, homes are being put on the market and they're sold. Usually it takes them about, you know, four to six months to sell a house in a normal market. They're sold now in a matter of weeks, sometimes a matter of days. Homes often being sold sight unseen. 
where they have, you know, they depend on a virtual tour. They don't even see and touch and feel the home themselves. Um, or they send out one of their friends that lives in the community to look at the house and give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And then people are paying prices dramatically above the asking price. Um, we need more housing units here, friends, um, in order to meet the demand. And the question is, is where are you going to put them, right? And that's always the debatable point. And I think, I, I, I do think most people kind of get that we need more housing. They just want it to be more affordable and they don't want the construction nearby. They want it somewhere else. Um, but think this through for a minute. I mean, this is, I think, an important thing to consider is that if we don't build enough supply of housing, what does that do? Well, like I said, it, you know, it's a supply and demand thing, right? So if the supply is limited and the demand is high, because there's a lot of demand to live in San Diego, it's a great place to live. It's one of the best places in America to live. Can you think of a better place than San Diego? I mean, it's hard to find such a wonderful weather and activities. I mean, it's a great place to live. And in this community, this Penasquitos, Rancho Bernardo, Carmel Mountain Ranch, Del Sur, Forest Ranch, Saber Springs, Poway, this portion of San Diego is generally a very desirable place for people to live. But there's only so many units that are available and they instantly sell. So what, what, what does that do? It, when there's massive demand and limited supply, prices generally go up, right? Not just the price of a home for sale, but also for rental property because they're not building a lot more rental units, right? So again, I just want to throw this out there. I'm live streaming this on Facebook and YouTube. I welcome your thoughts and comments. Feel free to type them in. I'll read them on the air. We can have a little bit of a dialogue on this because I'm interested in your thoughts and opinions on this. This is this podcast, kind of a community forum, right? So we welcome your thoughts and comments. I'm telling you what I think, but maybe you have a different perspective. So I welcome your thoughts. So please type them in. They'll, they'll pop up here on my screen and I'll read them on the air. Um, but as the pricing of housing goes up and up and up, Think of the unintended consequences of this. Now, first of all, if you're a property owner, this is fantastic. I mean, I own property here in Poway. I don't know what my, I have to look it up. I'm sure my home has gone up dramatically in price. Um, I'd be very pleased if we chose to sell now in this particular market. But if you don't own a home, this is hell. I mean, imagine if you are working in this community and you can't afford to buy here. You might not even afford to rent here. Because it's so expensive. That's why people are clamoring for low-income housing, affordable housing. I mean, because, you know, in any community where you live, there are going to be people in all income levels that are going to fill in the community and the jobs in your local community, right? So you may happen to live in a really high-end neighborhood that maybe has million-dollar homes. Well, those people that live in million-dollar homes are going to want to go to nice restaurants and they're going to want to... Um, do things in their local community and the workers in those facilities, those restaurants, they're not, you know, the people that are typically living in million dollar houses. So they got to have a place to live. Right. But as housing gets more expensive and more expensive, it creates this distortion, this market effect where people now have to commute longer distances to get to their job. 
Um, it's one of the reasons why I think we have a bit of a worker shortage right now where people are reassessing their career. Now, the worker shortage is a little bit of a tangent. There's a number of reasons for it. I mean, one of them is, is that the government's handing out free money to people that are unemployed and making the unemployment benefits very generous for them to stay at home. Another reason that we have a severe worker shortage is because Donald Trump and Joe Biden have immigrants locked up at the border. And and Kamala Harris is going down to Guatemala and saying, do not come. You know, normally when your economy is vibrant, um, when you allow capitalism to really flourish, you usually create more jobs than there are people. And that's why com- uh, countries that usually have strong economies usually draw a lot of immigrants. Um, that's how America was built, right, in the, in the latter part of the 19th and early 20th century. That's how my, re- my ancestors came to America because there was so much opportunity. Um, but there's, there's a, you know, there's a slowdown, a, a thwarting, a, a um, overly bureaucratic, really overly enforced immigration system that prevents workers from coming in. Um, and then in other cases, one of the challenges is with the worker shortage is that people that are working low-income jobs, or maybe they're working in the hospitality industry, they've had a come-to-Jesus moment. They've reassessed their career, and they've said, you know what? I don't really want to be working as a bartender um, you know, to 2 in the morning, and I want to maybe find a Monday through Friday 9-to-5 job. I want to develop skills, look for opportunities in healthcare and information technology and other segments of, of, of um, the economy, and I think that's a great thing. But as housing gets more and more expensive here locally, then it's going to have an impact on those people. And I think as we limit supply, what that ends up doing is causes housing prices to go up. Uh, George Geller, thanks again. You're, you're chiming in with a few comments. I'll read them on the air. Says, you should look at the map where the double tree used to be. There's one two lane road, Penasquitos Drive, to get in and out of a large area. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. It's like when you go on Carmel Mountain Road and let's say you're in Carmel Mountain Ranch and you go over the freeway and the it's either the first or second signal, there's a light and you can make a right turn. And yeah, you can go back up into that community. You pass by the old double tree and there's a lot of housing back there. One of my really good friends from college bought a home there, must have been in the early 1990s. So I'm, yeah, I'm roughly familiar with that community. And yeah, it's a two lane road in and out of that area. No question. I agree. I understand that. And uh, George goes on to say on the live stream, you have to drive uh, to go shopping or to get to the transit center at the 56 or get your kid to high school. Yeah, you're right. You do have to drive. That's the way it's set up. That's the way this community is set up. You got to drive. California's that way. So is there going to be more traffic for more people? Yeah, there will. Of course there will. Um, but when you put in 1,500 units, it's not like there's going to be instantly 1,500 cars on the road at the exact same time. You know, people come and go at different times. And at the same point, there's a lot more people that are working remotely, right? There's a lot of people that work remotely because of the pandemic. The, those businesses are now <laughs> awoken to the idea that their employees are not simply productive by working from home, but often dramatically more productive, when working from home and happier because they can balance their their life uh, and their work in, in the appropriate manner. And so it's a lot of these companies are saying, you know what, maybe we don't need all of this commercial real estate. We can have half of our workforce work from home. 
So I think that trend, I believe, is going to continue. And so, again, less people are going to be, relatively speaking, there's going to be a lower ratio of homes, of cars versus homes as a result of this. But, you know, George, I'm not I'm not disputing your point. If, if they build these three communities, well, two of them are underway. If they build the Junipers in Rancho Penasquitos, of course, there's going to be more traffic. But wherever they choose to build housing, wherever it happens to go, there will be more traffic. And there are things that they can do to alleviate that traffic. And one of the things they're talking about doing here at the farm in Poway is they're going to put in new sensors in the stoplights that are going to be making um, real-time analysis of the traffic flowing and then and then change the algorithm for the red and green lights to reflect real-time traffic flow. You know, normally, the way traffic lights are set up is they program it like you program your sprinklers in your house. And so, like, you know, from... Like, let's just say during rush hour from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m., they might have the traffic, the, the green lights longer and the red lights uh, lesser on major thoroughfares. Um, and then they might flip it in the midday. Well, this technology that exists now that they're going to put on a Spola Road here in Poway will be able to see real-time activity on the road at that time and then adjust that algorithm like not just up to the minute, but up to the second. So there are things that can be done to, to allow traffic to flow. And I know one of the discussions is putting in another exit. You know, maybe that makes sense. Yeah, maybe that does. Um, George goes on to say, people sh- should be like AOC and give up bartending for a high paying government job. Yeah, good old AOC. Um, nah, I'm, don't get me started on her. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people that have reassessed their careers, right? That's a good thing. It really is a good thing. People taking ownership of their lives, taking control of their lives. Like I said in one of my previous podcasts, Johnny's Rules for Life, number one, take your life seriously. People are doing that, and that's wonderful. Uh, Matthew Brannigan chiming in on the live stream. Would you be okay if there were several routes out, less cul-de-sacs? People tend not to like their street being used as a rat run, hence so many, so few ways to get out of communities. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting discussion. Of course, developers love cul-de-sacs and home buyers love cul-de-sacs, right? Especially if you're raising a family. Um, but are there ways that they could build maybe more thoroughfares so the traffic can flow more more smoothly? I, I think those are those are fair questions, and I think those are things that can be done. But it seems that even when developers are putting these into the plan, it's never really good enough for the NIMBYs that are objecting. Um, they just don't want it to be built at all in, in many cases. Um, George Geller agreeing with Matthew Brannigan. You are correct, sir. And then Matthew goes on to say, an extreme example of this is Sycamore Estates that you can see from Costco to actually get there is a very long, laborious task. So where is that? Um, Sycamore Estates, is that on the um, west side of the 15 freeway? I'm not sure. But yeah, there are some communities that are kind of tucked in the back and the road, there's no major thoroughfare. I think it's probably like Penasquitos Drive that George was talking about where it might be just a two-lane road that kind of goes and weaves its way into the back. I mean, that's a lot similar to what exists in Poway 
um, the old coach road, you know, that goes back and goes down into the heritage, just a two lane road. And there's houses back there. So, yeah, there could be congestion. There there are ways that they can alleviate that. And I think we should evolve um, along those ways. But I just I guess one of my my concerns is, is that you can't freeze time. <laughs> it just seems there's so many people that want to go back to the way things were, you know, before it was crowded, before it was congested, you know, we, or, or they move in and they just don't want anything to change around them. But, you know, the world changes. I mean, people are living their lives. They're making decisions in their lives and the world changes. I mean, a long time ago, this community, Poway, was legitimately a city in the country. It's not anymore. Rancho Bernardo used to be a giant cattle ranch. I, 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 it's funny. I used to always wonder why the RB logo for Rancho Bernardo had the R backwards. It looked like a Toys R Us R. Um, but it's because that was the brand that they used on the cattle on that ranch. Yeah, this whole area used to be like that. But it's being developed and things change. But, you know, in urban areas, go to downtown San Diego. They've built a lot there too, right? They got a lot of high rises, a lot more, a lot more people living in that community. But, you know, traffic is, there's more people, there's more traffic, but it's not, it's just a change. It's not like it goes from paradise to a nightmare at a flick of a switch. There's an evolution and then people move in and then people that live there, maybe they like having more people and the, and the activity and the energy. And then maybe some people don't like it and then they move somewhere else. And people vote with their feet and they move to communities that suit them. But, you know, the world changes. Um, Matthew Brannigan says Scripps Ranch south of Poway to the east. Oh, I know what you're talking about. So you're talking about the Costco in Poway. And, yeah, that that community that was built, gosh, 20 years ago or so. And, yeah, you go off of Pomerado and there's some new homes that have been built back there. And, yeah. Those are cases where those kinds of communities exist. Access in and out is not ideal. They could do a better job of that. But you know what? When when those homes went up for sale, they had no trouble selling them because people want to live here. There's people that want to live in San Diego, raise their family in San Diego. There are companies that are expanding in San Diego. We talked earlier about Apple is doing a huge expansion. Amazon um, and Walmart also have technical people here, not just Walmart retail workers, but the one of the Walmart online e-commerce division. There's 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 a facility here in San Diego that houses them. But uh, Apple is going to be doing a huge expansion. And there's a lot of other companies that are planning on expanding biotech, high tech, here in San Diego County, and they need workers to work here. And they need their workers to be able to have somewhat affordable housing. I mean, something that's reasonable. So as workers come in, you know, if if they don't have a place to live, it's going to make it hard for those businesses to expand, which in turn affects our broader economy. And it has a cascading effect through the economy. That, in my opinion, is a lost opportunity. Um, George Geller goes on to say, when I grew up, Poway had one middle school and one high school. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you hear that a lot. There's a lot of people that live here in Poway that grew up in Poway and, 
you know, their parents lived here and they lived here, multi-generational Powegians and, you know, tip of a hat to them. But yeah, this city has changed a lot. It's evolved. And it's not just what's changed in the last five, six years. Poway has had tremendous development of housing in the 1980s and even in the 1990s. I mean, the whole, this whole Green Valley community, kind of roughly where I live, a lot of this, I think, was, was built in the 80s, maybe some of it in the 70s, but a lot of it in the 1980s. The home I live in is built in 1989. And actually, the previous home I lived in in Poway was also built in 1989. I mean, it's just been a tremendous amount of development. But yeah, things change. Um, Matthew goes on to say, Apple has bought the old Nokia Microsoft building on West Bernardo. Yeah, yeah, I remember reading that. Um, They're also planning on putting in an office, I think, in the Golden Triangle, right? Kind of right near University Town Center. So Apple has big plans here, too. These workers are going to be moving here. They got to have a place to live. And if if they're, if, wouldn't it be perfect if they worked for Apple right there on West Bernardo and they were able to live in one of these three developments in Rancho Penasquitos? It's that kind of like a perfect situation for them. But having people like that here, um, what that does is it kind of brings up the economic conditions of the whole area, provides more opportunity for people in this community. And at the same time, relieves some of the stress on the housing market. So the, the so housing isn't stupid expensive. Again, not just for buying and selling, but also for, also for renters. Because right now, it's just, the, the bubble is just so massive that it's really hard for first-time buyers. Oh my God, imagine being a first-time buyer when the median home price is over $800,000. I mean, how in the hell? I mean, someone in their 20s can save that kind of money to move in. It's, it's hard. It's really hard. This housing crisis, finally, politicians up in Sacramento are finally recognizing it. And they're saying, yeah, this is a big problem. Because what ends up happening is, is when the housing is so damn expensive, this is one of the things that really creates this sort of wealth inequality that I know a lot of people get really upset about. Because housing is such a key part of some individual's wealth. And if you're able to buy real estate, then you have an opportunity to leverage that and see your wealth grow, in some cases, very aggressively. Um, and, and then if you don't own and you're renting, you're paying really high prices for rent, which if you're you know, in your 20s or 30s, or maybe you don't have a professional job, maybe you're working in hospitality, maybe you have a blue collar job, or maybe... You are a frontline white collar worker. You aren't making enough money that even your rent is insane expensive. And you have very little money left over. It becomes really hard. And that's how when housing is really expensive, that's when we see the haves and have nots get more and more exasperated, more and more divided. So having more housing units is, a, is necessary in a healthy housing market, a necessary and a healthy economy. Of course, NIMBYs, not in my backyard, the NIMBYs want the housing somewhere else. They don't want it in their area. But you know what? The people that own that property where the Junipers is, you know, they have rights too. It's their property. They can build on it. 
I said that the same thing with what, about Poway Road development. I've been generally supportive of it, mostly because, A, we have a housing crisis. We need more housing units. B, Poway Road didn't look very good. So having an upgrade area there, I think, is a, is a good thing. Um, and having more of a destination, more of a, a downtown to Poway, I think, is a good thing. But then on top of it, you know what? Those people that own that property... They should have every right to sell that property and develop that property because you know what? I talk, I, this is one of my common lines. The other guy has rights too. If that's their property, they can build on it. Now, they can haggle about zoning, and that's always a, a big topic of discussion. Um, I would imagine that they've already addressed that issue here for the Junipers, otherwise, they wouldn't be planning this development. Um, but it's just a very, very interesting story because it has such a broader impact on our economy, a broader impact on the housing market, frankly, a broader impact on the whole topic of wealth inequality. It not only affects the families that already live in Penasquito, so they're going to be impacted by more traffic. That's true. I think it's not going to be as bad as you think, but there will be more people. Um, but it also affects the businesses in our community that are trying to recruit workers. It also affects the, the hospitality workers, the restaurant workers, the, the people that, you know, are making at or near minimum wage. Not having enough housing causes home prices and rental prices to go up, which ends up harming them. So... You know, I get that people are concerned about the fires. I remember when we had the, what were the two different fires? There was the Witch Creek Fire in 07. And then what was the other one? Uh, the Cedar Fire was in 03. Those are huge events. I mean, the Cedar Fire went through my old community. I used to live way on the end of Garden Road in Poway, a community called Sycamore Creek. And the Cedar Fire took out four homes in our neighborhood, including the house directly across the street from us. I mean, thank God. I mean, we thought our house was going to be toast because uh, we saw the – well, I wasn't in town. I was up in the Bay Area for my 25th reunion of my eighth grade class. Can you believe that? My wife was home with her two small children when the fire happened. It was Murphy's Law. I wasn't home. But she said she saw the fire coming down the hill and was convinced that our home was going to be lost and you know what saved us are those um, one of those airplanes that drops that orange fire uh, retardant. We saw it like in our backyard, and that saved our house. But that was something. And then I remember when we had the Witch Creek fire, and yeah, their, their traffic was backed up along a lot of the major roads. That's true. Um, if they build more, it's still going to be backed up. It is what it is. But hopefully they build more access points. I think it's a reasonable request. And I think it's a reasonable thing for the developers to put in. Matt Brannigan goes on to say, they've already poached some of our talent because I work for Sony. Yeah, that's, that's a competitive marketplace. That's actually a great thing for employees when there's a competitive marketplace for talent. It creates great opportunity for employees. And it does suck for employers when they see their, their best workers leaving. Um, but you know what? Again, a little bit of a tangent. That's a sign of a healthy economy, and that's, that's really the strategy that people need to employ to work their way up the ladder. Because if they're getting a low wage at a particular company, it's hard to see a significant raise from your employer unless you get a big promotion. 
Often the best way to do it is by jumping ship and going to a competitor or making a lateral move and then getting a big bump in your salary. So yeah, there's a lot of people doing that. (laughs) George Geller says, I suspect John Riley is a close personal friend of Kevin McNamara. (laughs) Uh, No, I'm not. But I know Kevin. Kevin was a guest on my podcast, episode number 100. We talked for almost three hours. And boy, to Kevin was something. He not only went through every detail about the farm in Poway, his development that he's putting in at the former Stone Ridge Country Club. But he offered a lots of commentary on the the local goings-on in Poway with city leaders and other projects. And he didn't filter his conversation one iota. If you want to learn about Kevin and get an insight into his personality and learn kind of like some of the the stuff behind the curtain in Poway. That's a great episode to listen to. Um, I know Kevin. I'm friendly with Kevin, but I'm not a friend. I don't hang out with him. Um, I've never met his family. I, I mean, I've maybe talked to him face to face just a handful of times. I mean, we served on the Poway Budget Review Committee together in the 2007 to 2009 timeframe, if I recall. Um, he's a smart guy. He knows his stuff. Um, and yeah, he's a developer. He's he's a commercial real estate guy and now a residential developer. So yeah. Um, but no, no, George, I'm not a close personal friend of Kevin McNamara. Um, but I think when it goes to these housing developments, I know anytime they propose these things, it sets people, you know, that sets their hair on fire, right? They don't want it. And I get it. I understand that. But I just think people lose sight of the bigger picture. They lose sight of the fact that we have a housing crisis in California, a housing crisis that that's one of the reasons there's a lot of people leaving California. They just can't afford it anymore. It's so expensive to live here, not just your home, but the the price for transportation, for fuel, the, the price in taxes we pay. California is crazy expensive. And that's why a lot of people have abandoned California. The um, There's definitely a lot of people living the metro areas of California to more suburban and rural areas. But there's also a lot of people that are abandoning California and going to Tennessee and going to Florida and Texas and Utah. And, I mean, every state in the nation, there's an exodus of Californians. And it's because it's just so expensive. I mean, really, I mean, it's just amazing how expensive it is to live here. And then what what ends up happening is, is that the policies that exist make it even more expensive. When we prevent housing from being built, it causes, makes housing even more expensive because there's not enough supply to meet the demand. So, um, you know, it, it, it this, this housing, it's interesting, is that there it's an infill project. You know, if you look out on a map, and I think I've got a map here from the article. I'll show it to all our YouTube viewers. This is the article and the map, if you can see it. And these are zones that, you know, they're kind of like uh, like little puzzle pieces that don't have anything put in. It's just an open area. What's prime prime location for put in housing and putting in housing along a major transportation corridor, 
putting in housing. It's going to be denser housing, which I think makes sense because we can't have sprawl. The more sprawl we have, the more real estate we run out of and the housing crisis gets worse. So now housing is starting to be more dense, which means in some cases more they're going vertical. That's what's happening on Poway Road. We've got three and four story buildings on Poway Road. Oh, my God. People are freaking out over it. But it's just evolution. You can't change time. George Geller says, Kevin was my neighbor decades ago in PQ. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I remember Kevin said he lived in PQ and he was one of the people that um, helped get the 56 freeway built. Again, I don't know exactly how all that went down, but Kevin knows his stuff. He, he, He kind of understands how to get things done. I think it's one of the reasons he was successful in getting his project approved. By the way, just a fun thing. You remember before the 56 freeway existed, we used to have to take that dirt road between Penasquitos and Carmel Valley. I can't tell you how many times I took that road. And you kind of pop out over by Evergreen Nursery. That was like a secret little thing, you know, remember? I mean, it put, you know, it was a little bit of wear and tear on your suspension, but uh, that was that was fun in a weird way when that road exists. But remember, we used to pop out in like a little cul-de-sac, a little neighborhood in the Black Mountain area of Penasquitos, and then we'd work our way out. That was something. I'm, thank God they built a 56. Straight shot to Del Mar, Torrey Pine State Beach. Straight shot to the Robertos on Carmel Valley Road, like the best Robertos of all time. You can sit out there on the deck and have a nice lunch and some uh, nice scenery. Um, George Geller says, Bruce Bochy lived nearby as well. Really? Um, you know, what's interesting is Bruce Bochy, of course, lived in Poway, too. His son, Brett Bochy played at Poway High School, played baseball there. And I, I know that Bruce Bochy's house in Poway is actually around the corner from mine. It's funny how this all works. But I don't know if he, I don't think he still lives there. I think his family lives in San Francisco now. Um, but, you know, Bochy family, good people. And, and Bruce Bochy, by the way, actually is a close personal friend of Kevin McNamara. Those guys are tight. They've known each other a long time. Um, Mike Ryan on the live stream. I'm moving to the mountains so I can still have a view. Um, yeah, you know, uh, a lot of people making decisions, right? A lot of people making moves. I think this pandemic has caused a lot of people to reassess their life. I think a lot of people have made changes to their careers because of this pandemic. There are people that are making even bigger decisions about where they want to live and how they want to spend their time. This pandemic has had a silver lining in some of those categories, but of course, overall, it's just been a a disaster. Um, So anyways, I mean, I could continue on this topic. I I think it's interesting. Um, Again, I'm, I'm a big property rights guy. You know, if you own the property, you should have the right to build on it because it's yours. The other guy has rights too, including the owner of the property. I'm also generally supportive of more housing because we need more housing in California. There's a housing crisis. I'm also generally more supportive of housing because I generally like progress. I like to see evolution. I like to see um, new, new buildings, new architecture. I like to see new energy 
And I realize that communities are going to change. I get it. I understand that. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure all of you do, too. I understand and respect that there are people that don't support these new housing projects. There's been a lot of resistance to them here in Poway. There's obviously resistance to them in Rancho Penasquitos. But you know what? It's hard to really change that. In many ways, it's beyond our control. We can, you know, speak out about it. We can join a community group. We might be able to have some influence. Maybe you have a podcast like me and you kind of share your thoughts and opinions and maybe you have some influence. But in the end, you know, we don't really have decision over that situation. We don't control it. It's their property. It's really their decision. And sure, in the community, we can try to have them put in the, the, the proper infrastructure so it functions properly, right, in our community. But in many ways, we can't control it. So that's why I often think that, you know, I, I again, I, I support people protesting and free speech. And we see the Poway protesters here on Twin Peaks Road and Pomerado Road every Sunday. And I love that they're out there. Both sides, the Trump people and the anti-Trump people. I love it when they're out there. I love the free expression. And that makes them feel good. But in the end, it really doesn't change anything. The only thing we can really change is ourselves, right? We can change us. We have control over ourselves. That's the one thing we can control. And if, you know, the community doesn't suit your needs anymore, then maybe you need to make a change. And a lot of people are doing that in California. You know, it's kind of a similar analogy. I was talking with a, one of my clients. Um, and this guy's a, a marketing director for one of my clients. And my, one of my, that, that same client, there's, there's, a, there's been a merger and there's a leadership change, right? And when there's new leadership in a corporation, the culture changes. A lot of times management, the deck gets shuffled because the new guy wants to have his guys or his, you know, male or female, his people in charge and the culture can change. And depending on where you are on the org chart, you can't change it. You have no impact on it. You can squawk. You can either go along with the program or you can make a decision to jump ship and go somewhere else. Kind of like the engineers did when they left Sony and went to Apple. Apologies to you, Matthew. With the only thing we can control is ourselves. Um, again, this podcast is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, right? That means you have a right to your life. You have a right to control your life, to manage your life. You own you. That's a very powerful statement. You own you. You can control you, and you should. Thank goodness we're no longer you know, subjects of a king or we are... Um, living in a feudal society where we have to serve our Lord, our landlord. You know, we each own ourselves. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Liberty, you have the, the ability to choose, to live, you know, your life according to your own values. What I mean by according to your own values, living your life in a way that is consistent with how you see the world, of what you believe is right and wrong. When it comes right down to it, it's about living a life where you pursue your happiness, where your values and your behavior and your thoughts are all aligned. 
And we can do that when we control ourselves. But we can't control what's going on around us. Now, we can try. We can try to have influence. Many of us have had influence. Um, you know, my podcast, I, I think maybe, kind of, I have some influence. Um, but I'm really doing, I do my podcast for a number of reasons. I'm not doing it to try to, to my objective isn't necessarily influence. My objective in doing this podcast is multi, multifold. It's to express my own thoughts and opinions and to welcome your thoughts and opinions and have kind of a community forum. We talk things through and we learn from one another. That's really my objective here. And besides, it's fun to do. I learned a lot doing this podcast and I have fun doing it. I've met so many great people doing this podcast. Um, but, you know, maybe I have some influence. I don't know. Uh, but I know I can't change. I can't change what's going on on Poway Road. I can't change what McNamara is doing at the farm in Poway. I had one vote. Just me, just my vote. That's it. Um, I could try to change what's going on in Penasquitos. I can't. The only thing I can change is me. Um, and I hope people see it that way. At least that's the perspective I think that's healthy. George Geller says, I have to serve my wife. <laughs> she refuses to sell our house and move out of state because it would be too far away from her granddaughter. Yeah, I get that. When... Marriage is hard. I'm married. Um, marriage is all about compromise and helping one another. And yeah, sometimes one spouse wants to move and the other one doesn't. Um, I'm kind of in a similar position, George. My wife really likes where we live. We're now empty nesters. And frankly, our house is far too big for what we need. I'd love to downsize. My wife isn't quite ready for that yet. Um, yeah, I, I get it. I understand that. We all, you know, we all make certain um, compromises. We make certain strategic choices when we choose our spouse and they choose us. I get it. Mike Ryan says, you do a great job, John. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate your support. And you do a great job too, Mike. You do. I, I've, I've, I've enjoyed having you as a guest on this podcast. It's been, what, three or four times you've been here. And um, you do a great job helping our community out over at the Albertsons and Rancho Bernardo, the good work you do, providing produce that we all need, that we all use to help us survive. <laughs> Mike Ryan, want to trade houses? <laughs> you know, um, we used to live in Sycamore Creek, right? So we, we've already kind of had that house. <laughs> um, Yuri Boland says next to the late great Larry King and Tom Snyder you're the best interviewer in my opinion thank you Yuri I didn't realize I was going to be reading uh, positive reviews I'm not, but thank you I appreciate that um, George Geller says we already bought a house in New Mexico we are planning to move to we're renting it out oh interesting where in New Mexico you know my son went to the University of New Mexico for a couple of years um, he's now transferring to the University of Oklahoma. So I've been to Albuquerque a number of times. I've driven my electric vehicle from Poway to Albuquerque. And I did that in 2019 when the infrastructure for EVs in New Mexico was sparse. And that's giving it credit, including Eastern Arizona. I made it. I was like a it was an adventure of all adventures trying to do that. I'll tell you what. But I had fun doing it. Uh Santa Fe. Really? 
Santa Fe, man, that is a great, great place. Boy, do I like Santa Fe. Uh, my wife and I, we, we went there on vacation. Gosh, right around the time we got married. We, um, we did a trip where we went from San Diego, drove out to, um, through Southern uh, Arizona. We went and visited uh, uh, Tombstone, Arizona, which was, was, it was almost funny. It was kind of lame in a way, but it was funny lame. Um, and then we worked our way to the Carlsbad uh, Caverns. And that was pretty cool. And then we drove north and we just kind of passed through Albuquerque and went to Santa Fe. And man, we had a great time there. And we went river rafting up by Taos. Um, we went and visited a, a lot of the, you know, the, the old, um, you know, downtown, the old plaza there in Santa Fe, which is just beautiful. And then from there, we worked our way back. We worked our way westbound along, that would be the is that the 10 freeway or is that the 40? I think it's the 40. And we worked our way back over to the Grand Canyon. And then we hiked from the top of the Grand Canyon all the way to the bottom at Phantom Ranch, spent the night, and then hiked out the next day. And that was a, that was a bucket list project there. And then we eventually worked our way back. So Santa Fe is great. And then even when I've gone back to Albuquerque to visit my son, I, I went out to Santa Fe a few times and just love it. The artist uh, artist community there is wonderful. A lot of really nice galleries there. Um, love the architecture. The old Spanish architecture is just gorgeous. So good for you, George. I hope you get a chance to move there at some point. George goes on to say the backyard has a section of the original Santa Fe Trail, and the the um, and the cell was president of the Santa Fe Trail Association. Seller, really? That's cool. That's really, really cool. That's a that's a piece of American history right there. Um, and yeah, you get a little bit of snow there in Santa Fe. Not a lot, but enough. Yeah, good for you. I mean, New Mexico is a difficult place to live. There's a lot of very um, poor. There's a lot of poverty kind of tucked away in the remote areas of New Mexico. It's one of the poorest states in the nation. But Santa Fe is very different. Um, Albuquerque is kind of a big city and it's got not that big of a city, but it's a it's got a, a number of challenges, a number of problems there. A lot of crime. My son was going to University of New Mexico playing baseball there. One of his teammates was murdered in, in Albuquerque, New Mexico. A very, very difficult time. The baseball team went through back then in 20. Was it 2019? Um but Santa Fe, I think, is one of the exceptions. Santa Fe is a gorgeous, a beautiful place. Um, Mike Ryan says, New Mexico is known for high crime. Yeah, I think mostly kind of in the more urban areas. I think a lot of it's in Albuquerque. Um, there's a tremendous amount of car break-ins. There's a tremendous amount of car theft. Um, when my son was living in Albuquerque, he was living in a a fairly modern, hot uh, not hotel, a, mo a modern apartment complex. They even had like an automated gate to get in to, so you can park your car in the apartment complex. Even then one night, someone broke into their house or into their apartment, stole their big screen TV, stole my son's computer, stole their gaming system, and um, also stole um, some other things from his roommates. We think that some people might've been casing his apartment, waiting for an opportunity to break in and steal things. Yeah. There's a lot of crime in Albuquerque. It's a tough place to live. Mike Ryan says, yeah, agreed. Good for you, George. I'm happy. Hopefully you get a chance to move to Santa Fe. And then if they do build this Junipers in Rancho Penasquitos, 
maybe you won't have to deal with traffic. <laughs> so maybe that'll work out for you in the long run. But I know, you know, when you have family nearby, it makes it harder to move. And I get it. So, okay. Um, we've been chatting long enough. I Again, I, I enjoy talking about these housing projects um, because I have strong opinions. Remember, I tell you I'm a property rights guy. I'm supportive of more housing. I'm supportive of progress and civilization. You know, I, I like to see the evolution. Um, and there's always people that resist this, that want things to be the way they were, or at least to keep them the way they are. And I think that there are a lot of unintended consequences by doing that. That's why our housing market is so stupid and expensive. So anyways, I enjoy talking about this because I think it's a big part of you know, our community and where we live and housing, you know, no matter where you live in San Diego County, housing is a big issue. And even if we're talking about housing in Rancho Penasquitos, I mean, this has an impact on housing in Scripps Ranch and Mira Mesa and Escondido. It's that we're all, you know, there's a cascading effect to this sort of thing. It has a huge impact on our quality of life, both positive and negative. I think it's a really good topic to talk through. And it's especially important to get your thoughts and opinions on this. That's why I like the dialogue. So I'm going to be keeping my eye on this particular um, news story. And let's see if it changes, see if it, there's any updates. Um, and I'll share them with you. And by the way, if you know anyone that is on the opposing side, and what was the name of the organization? It was called the Penasquitos Northeast Action Group. If you know anyone that is in that group and would like to join me in a podcast episode and we can talk it out. Boy, I'd love that. I'd love to hear their opinion. I'm, I'm not going to debate them. I might ask them some questions and kind of learn more and probe. Um, but I would love to hear uh, other perspectives, other points of view, because I think not only do I enjoy, I'm curious, I'm inquisitive, I like to learn, but I think because this podcast sort of a community forum, we'll all learn from that and we'll all grow. We'll all be better. So I'm, I'll just reach out. Anyone that's listening or watching this podcast, um, if you know anyone in that group, again, what was the name of the group? The Penasquitos Northeast Action Group that is opposing the Junipers housing development, contact me. You can go to my website, johnreillyproject.com. And um, there, you know, you, you can fill out a form and, and contact me. You can also... I have another kind of micro site. It's called connectwithjohnny.com. And you go to that website. All my social media links are there. We can continue the conversation offline. And, and you can also send me a note, send me an email from that page, connectwithjohnny.com. And also all the uh, podcast platforms are there. You know, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and of course, YouTube and Facebook. Um, so you can see all the platforms and maybe you might want to go back and check out some of our other episodes because we talk about a lot of local issues. Okay, friends, um, thanks for your thoughts. Thanks for your comments. Uh, George Geller says, uh, thanks for the show, John. It's good to see here local content. I'll catch the rest on the recording. Yeah, right on. Love talking about local uh, topics, right? Because we don't get enough of it. So, you know, this is an opportunity for for us to discuss and learn and share. I try to interview a lot of the local politicians that run for Poway Mayor, Poway School Board, Poway City Council, so we've had a number of people from Rancho Penasquitos that have appeared on this podcast, particularly if they're running for office for Poway Unified. Uh, one of them was Charlie Sellers, who was on the Poway School Board. He and I went out to a Padre game last week, had a great time. Charlie Sellers is a good guy. Uh, boy, he had stories about Poway Unified that I can't repeat. Uh, but boy, did he have some mind-blowing 
commentary and observations. Okay, friends, this is enough. Um, This is the John Riley Project. It's episode number 242. Happy Friday to y'all. Have a great weekend. I'll be back Monday at two o'clock. We'll see you later, friends. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed today's show, do me a favor, subscribe and then share it with a friend or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Let's continue the conversation on social media. Go to connectwithjohnny.com to get links to our social media content, audio podcast platforms, and to sign up for our mailing list. To be a guest, read my blog or get more information, please visit johnreillyproject.com to get started.